Hi, I'm John Stevens. This is Matt Russell. And this is Pod Have Mercy. This is Pod Have Mercy. All right, so let's get started. Welcome, Matt. Hi, John. How are you? Marlon, Chris. What's going on? What's going on? You guys, Matt's <laughs> going to introduce our guest today in just a moment, but um, last week we had to take a week off. We did. We did. It was not our choice. No. We no. had some uh, prox- COVID proximity alert. Yeah. Right? So, Jeff? We're not naming names. Oh, I guess we are naming names. <laughs> <laughs> you, Jeff, Jeff doesn't have a mic today, so let me just speak for Jeff. You know. <laughs> They were uh, and they were in proximity of, of the COVID. So, but the co- negative, 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 negative everybody, tests. Everybody's negative, but we have to go through the protocol. Everybody has to quarantine and wear the mask. Got to do better. We got to do better. Anyway, Matt, why don't you tell everybody who's with us today? And sure, um, yeah, all that good stuff. Well, um, Marlon Lazama is with us, uh, my partner in crime, and one of my closest friends of my entire life and uh and then chris young chris is with us as well and and part of that is just having y'all on to to be able to talk about some of the things uh that um we visioned at the church at chapwood in terms of um a new service that will begin and then also the way that that's um going to center around um the arts some of the expressions of that within um within uh the community that will uh, will create, but then also it, it's an emergence out of y'all's own friendship and your own work together too, mm-hmm. both within your life as artists, yeah. as dancers, as the as community activists within kind of the global community, working with kind of kids all over the world, and um, having gotten to know y'all, just the creative way that you don't just approach obviously art, but the creative way you approach the way you engage with people. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that the church is, John and I have talked about this um, a lot as, a, as the church moves forward, like the way of doing stuff is over, right? Yeah. In so many ways that we have to begin to take um, our cues and learn from folks that have been grinding in a sense in the community mm-hmm. um, in ways that, um, that we can learn from. Um, yeah. And I think that's, you know, one of the things at Chapelwood, but I've just, my whole life in thinking about being in ministry is we always say, you know, how are we going to reach people we're not reaching? How are we going to yeah. speak a new word? And then it's the same people that have been in the church their whole life in the same room that <laughs> try to create or do something yeah. that's going to reach different folk. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, I, I think the, the COVID has just, you know, sucked big every way. But I will say... That um, that it does give you some clarity yeah. about and and it and it takes away a little bit of that fear of changing things because as I tell people, it's like who's going to come complain? <clears throat> Nobody's coming. I mean, yeah. Yeah. so but I just think I don't know. God's just really doing something where it just takes all the fear away and to say, let's just open the door wide. Mm-hmm. You know, the swinging door, Howard Thurman, right? The yeah, swinging yeah, door. Yeah. It's like, let's get in the hearts of the people in our community. Let's let the people in the community get in our heart. Chapwood's always been willing to take risks and try new things. And so it's like, let's get a diverse group of people together. Think about creating something new that's going to intersect faith and culture and art. And with the, with the, with the vision towards a new yeah. worship service, a worship, you know, something that 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 chapel is a part of but that expands Expand. beyond the walls yeah. yeah 
And so that's where this whole thing is coming from, is just to swing the doors wide open, really just to take a lot of risks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I, th I think um, I think a big uh, key uh, for Chris and I, and, and I hope I can speak for Chris, but I think I can and I should. <laughs> I'm right here. Uh, I can speak yeah. for myself. I know, but... Um, I'm right here. I'm right here. I, I, I think that we love people. And, and I think that growing up, especially in at-risk neighborhoods, you rely so much on, on people to get you through. And I think a big key for us, especially when we started in this artist journey, that we relied so much on people to not only to survive and pay the rent, but also for our sanity and our brotherhood. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, you're talking about right. a bunch of kids that grew up without fathers. You know, what's that saying? Kids that grow up without fathers start collecting father figures. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to collect the wrong ones, <clears throat> right? But when you have the right ones, it's so easy to just stick to those people. And so I discovered my tribe, you know, our tribe, you know, at a very early age of 15 years old. And at 15 years old, to, to be a part of a group of young men who basically all have the same obstacles and challenges, you learn to rely on each other and you learn to say, I love you. And, and you learn to accept that I love you and, and you fight for them. Um, and so I think for the, in the beginning, you go from just being scared of everyone and not trusting anyone. And then you, you find the beauty in people. And it's crazy because we found each other in the worst of times, mm -hmm. right? I love that line. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times, right? I love that line. That's one of the best <laughs> lines ever written because it hits it on the head. It's just like we found each other under the worst circumstances and it became the best circumstances, you know? So I think a lot of our faith and, and just a lot of, of what we practice comes from finding each other, so. Yeah, and to touch on the, uh, the uh, I guess, uh, loving people, um, to be honest, well, I know this, this is probably like a lot of people's story in whatever career path or whatever um, you're into, but man, for, for me, it wasn't like, I found everything through, I guess, people that influenced me. Um, I found everything, like everything I'm pretty much into now came through like relationship, 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 relationship. Right, yeah. And even meeting these guys at a young age, I didn't, I didn't meet Havacoro um, at a young age. Like they met each other at like 12, 13, 14, 15. I met them at like 22 years old. Huh. Um, in the pursuit of wanting more through dance and entertainment and the arts and just their world, what they had developed, what, what was established at, at at the time that I met them was so like mind blowing to me. It made me drop everything that I was a part of before then to like link show onto that because like I knew it instantly, like this is what I wanted for the rest of my life. And this is, this is, this is where I need to be because they're doing it already. So let me just like, just sit back and humble myself and like get under that and learn as much as possible and position myself to be in the position that they have established over over the amount of years mm -hmm. and to earn their respect and to get the calls like they got the calls. So um, not only did, did it open my eyes, but it also made me hungrier and made me want more just because like if they can do it, I can do it mm -hmm. type situation. And that wasn't through like 
a school that wasn't through like neighborhood community centers that wasn't through even um what um not even through like family like a lot of times like people give things to like the younger generation or whatever like that was just me searching and i found it and when i once i found it like i stuck with it and then now i find myself in the position with younger dancers or just younger communities um doing the exact same things, even having the same conversations that I had with them at that age. And it's almost surreal when someone was like, man, like, you're doing it, dude. Like, that's dope. Like, how do I do that? And it's like, am I really doing it? Because I still see myself as that younger guy. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. still see myself as that that 21-year-old. Yeah, me too. That 22-year-old. So, like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 50, and I still think. <laughs> look so in the mirror, I'm like, I still think I look 18. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's super surreal, like, how things happen just by a relationship and meeting people and, and finding exactly what you're looking for. And I felt like, honestly, it was through God. Like, God, yeah. like, literally led my, my, my path to where my heart was at, but I didn't know my heart was there. If that makes any sense. Yeah. But, like, he knows us before we know ourselves. Mm-hmm. So he knew, where, he knew where my heart was. It was, I didn't know it until I got there. I was like, okay, God, this is it. So, yeah. That's great. So, so have a coral, I mean, for folks that don't know, is a, a dance troupe that, Marlon, you were part of founding, right? Yeah, I was there in the beginning. Um, and have a coral is, is basically, right? yeah, is, is a crew of dancers that came together. And we started competing. And then we started getting really, really good. We started traveling the world. Uh, State Department picked us up. We started doing shows, literally. I think... Uh, Collectively, we've traveled to over 80 countries, um, been competitive, I mean, to everything, to theater, to competitions, to workshops. Uh, I think we evolved into an artist collective uh, from dancers. Um, a lot of us found our niche in ourselves. Like, I found that I love poetry while I was breakdancing, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, love, I love the idea uh, because we're meeting so many different people. And I love their stories and I love to capture their stories in such a, like a quick write up, you know, of, of a person that you might meet or uh, a situation that you came across. So, uh, yeah. So from Have the Coral, everyone started getting older and evolving and going to school and going on their own journeys. And uh, I went the poetic route. Um, uh, Chris uh, went the theater route. Uh, Mario, which is one of our yeah. older guys, he has his own uh, uh, creative uh, art agency and then uh uh moy opened up the first hip-hop school in in which is now franchised all over the u.s and, and it's it's amazing it's amazing how how supporting each other like how like a bunch of a bunch of kids would come together and and let each other express themselves and then at the end of the day say i love you i'll see you tomorrow Mm. Like how powerful that was. And that was the ultimate, like, there was no drugs involved. There was no gangs. There was, like, we weren't, like, we were living in neighborhoods where there was gangs everywhere. But those things didn't touch us. They didn't touch us because we're having coral. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're good. We're on our own world, you know? And so while others, while others were suffering from from being addicted to, to different drugs, to, to gangs, to, I mean, we buried a lot of friends mm-hmm. from our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we were in Havicoro and we had each other, like, we're good. Yeah. There's, uh, you and I have talked about this before, Marlon, but there's a, somebody that, that both our church knows and you and I really love and respect, uh, Father Gregory Boyle, yeah. who, who says that uh, 
they used to have a, their saying was nothing stops a bullet like a job. And then uh, a couple of years ago, they changed their slogan at a homeboy industry to nothing stops a bullet like community. Yeah. And, um, and when I think about have a quarrel, when I think about the places that I've been affected, it's been those relationships that have uh, buffered me, that have put me on the right path, that have saved me, that, you know, mm-hmm. those, and, and I, I see um, when I hear y'all talk about have a quarrel in your group of friends yeah. that it seems like that there, there was this mutual saving that happened within community yeah. where you protected each other, you took care yeah. of each other, you fought with each other, yeah. you know. Accountability. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for one, it's like, I mean, it's like weekly practices. If you came like the week, um, if you came the week coming up and you were looking sloppy, like you, it's embarrassing because like you look sloppy and people talk <laughs> yeah. about you. So, like, in the midst of that, it's like, okay, between the practices, what are you doing? Like, you're practicing. So, like, it, it kind of eliminates the, the distractions of, of, like, drugs, violence, or just doing random stuff because, like, you want to look good because that next Friday there's a community practice or there's a competition coming up. So, it was more so, like, we found something to focus on. And then everything else didn't hold as much weight as... Yeah. The, uh, what we respected with our dance and with our art mm-hmm. that's it care we cared so much about it to where that was the only thing that that kept our attention long enough to like i guess establish ourselves in life and also even to bring it back is like um we loved i, I would say dance and the dance and the arts um made us love life yeah. and is and that's it's to, to dig deeper into that, it's like I feel like sometimes when people don't love life is when you start losing the idea of life. But we love life because we love what we're doing in the life and and the fruits of the labor, like traveling. And man, like like you're leaving your neighborhood to go to India for three weeks or to London, to Paris and all these things. And you come back and I'm like, bro, I just came back from London. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you love that. Like you love sitting in, like you love being in Amsterdam on like cobblestone road, yeah. riding a bike, listening to Frank Ocean. Like, like you love that. Like, <laughs> like this is life. Yeah. And you, and you come back to it and you come back home. It's like, I want more of that. Yep. So let mm-hmm. me get to work. So like everything else kind of gets pushed out of the way because you got a taste of life. You left your neighborhood. Yeah. We, we had a chance to leave. And it was, it's so unfortunate that people don't get a chance, but we got a chance to leave mm-hmm. our neighborhood and mm-hmm. see life. Yeah. So, so the beauty of the everyday was what drove you guys, <laughs> yeah, the friendship. Because so. yeah. the idea of what mm. everyday could be like. You okay. know, there's two, two things that make me think, Chris, when you're talking. Huh. One is vision and one's dislocation. Mm. So vision, huh. when, when, when God gives you a vision, or even when you're in a group and you've got a vision, right? That's power. That's, that's pulling you into the future. Yeah. Mm. And so vision is basically, it's, it's a picture of a preferred future. Mm-hmm. So you are where like you that. are as your current reality, but now you've got a vision of a preferred future. Jeez. Riding a bike on cobblestone yeah. roads yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah. Amsterdam, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that resounds. Of course, all I think is addicted to doing that. <laughs> yeah, it was, but you're still, still, like, when, when you're 20, picture came out great. I mean, this picture was great. The IG post was amazing. But so you get... I mean, even before you go, there's this this image in your mind of what it might be. And yeah. that's that's power for you. Yeah. That's going to get, like you said, that's going to drive you to practice, drive you to be. The other thing is think about dislocation. And I think more growth happens when you talk about building community. The fact that you all traveled together, yeah. you went out of your, your, yeah. your regular space 
right, your regular geography, and you went somewhere different. So you all went to a place together as a crew yeah. that was a place none of you had ever been before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't know the culture. You didn't yeah. know the people, but you had each other. Yeah. It's just like when you take a mission trip from a church. Yeah. And you yeah. go to Mexico or you go to Africa or you go wherever you go. These people who kind of live their life, they once they're dislocated and they're put in a different context and a culture, yeah. and they go deep together, that's right. yeah. the bonds, yeah. and they have a passion and a love for the place they go. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that's uh, so true in, in y'all's stories. Well, a big part of it is I think we all decided to be happy. And, you know, I think what I mean by that, it, it goes to, Everybody is focusing so much on what's going to set them up financially stable in their adulthood. And when we were 15, we weren't talking about that. Like, we, nobody was saying, man, I can't wait to be an accountant. You know, <laughs> we were like, huh. I want, uh, how do we make money off what we're doing, but still keep doing what we're doing, you know? And I, I think being happy was the goal. Uh, alcoholism was really big in in our group with our parents and you know you you have you're growing up you're seeing all this stuff you know we have friends that have seen family members be in prison and you know the whole thing and and uh but we built this like this this little room for ourselves where we're like as long as we're together we're happy and we're gonna be okay yeah and we're gonna help each other out so there was people that we're traveling a lot more than others. So we created, uh, you know, opportunities for them to be able to experience those things. And we would take people with us. As long as you were with us, you're going to be with us everywhere, you know. And sure. so I think I think for the most part, it was just the idea of we didn't know what we were doing, but we knew that it felt right. And we knew that that at least this we can control right we can't control how much money we don't have we can't control how you know how struggling our, my family is but i can control this part of my life mm-hmm. you know and so i remember having these discussions with friends and i remember like someone's like hey move in with us it'll be better for you here mm-hmm. you know and so i i grew up with the idea of church but the idea of church in, in my family it was very judgmental it was very like if you don't do right you're going to hell you know i have a i have an uncle who's a tent preacher in el salvador and if you hear his sermons he is he is basically <laughs> naming time. <laughs> naming things that you shouldn't do or you're going to go to hell like that's his sermon and i'm just like well what about the love part you know and i have an aunt who was like love it's about saving people and it's about telling people and making sure they're not going to hell and I'm like, there has to be more of this, you know? And I think that's something that we figured out. That's what Jesus said. He said, I didn't just come to give you life. I came to give you abundant life. Yeah. Yeah. Life full. Yeah. And it's about, I think that's the acceptance that we always search for and we found it in each other. And so I think it was such a spiritual journey for all of us. And and it was, it it was a very beautiful spiritual journey. And I think that's why we can connect with our communities and younger people because we value one, we value what they value. Because that's what we valued, you know. Back in the day, in the 90s, if you say, I, I, I'm a B-boy, you know, everyone's looking at it like, what's that, you know? Now you see breakdancing in every single commercial, yeah. you know? Now it's going to be in the Olympics, mm-hmm. you know? Is it really? It's going to yeah. be in the Olympics. Hey, is there, do you know the, any coaches in the, the so, coaches? Yeah, there's going to be people from, from 
have a coral that are involved in that, and there's gonna be there's gonna be a ton of people. You're a coach. All of, no, they haven't said. You gonna like, get a gold medal? No. <laughs> no. So I want to wear it when it's you come go, back. No, it's it's so there's gonna be people that are going to. It's gonna have a U.S. team. Uh, yeah. uh, That's awesome. Yeah, Korea so maybe, team, Japan team, yeah, and need because mentors need coaches. It opens up a whole nother career yeah, path yeah, for yeah. someone. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, and it's and it's it's. If it wasn't, and, and this is the thing, is it took people like Have a Coral to give it value yeah, and to do right. it with integrity, yeah, right? So you wouldn't, like, one of the things that is so funny, whenever you go to a party, it's like, oh, you break dance? Let me see some head spins. And I'm just yeah. like, no, calm down. Like, <laughs> well, you saw me doing I, my moves when I came <laughs> But we see it as jazz. We see it as tap. Yeah. We see it as ballet. Respect the art. You know, and yeah. that's how we see what we do. And I don't I, do head spins anymore. And we, <laughs> anymore. But, we've always, but nice. we've always seen it in that light. We saw it as not like, oh, it's just break dancing. We saw it as like, this is our art. Yeah. This is this is hip hop. Hip hop was the one thing that Umbrella does and gave us the ability to uh, express ourselves. So from the get go, we knew that we had to represent it right. Uh, and I think that's something that we pass down from our generation to Chris's generation. That's what Chris passing down to the younger generation. Um, mm. And so I think that's how you keep this thing going. Uh, but also that's how you build community with substance. You know, it, it, there's a. It's not being rebellious just to be rebellious. It's to be rebellious with substance, or to, you know, what are you rebelling against? Like, what do you, what do you want to do? You know. Yeah, and I always think faith is faith is better and deeper and more real. I'm always a fan of the invitation. So you talk about your uncle. Yeah. There's not a lot of. It's not invitational. No. It's like when you think. I'm running away from something, I, I, you know, I'm to get somewhere. I want to get in heaven. So I'm running away from hell. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's not really invitational. That's like fear. Yeah. Mm. And fear is not all that motivational. I mean, it, well, fear is actually very motivational, but it doesn't really get you to where you know, you, we talk about a vision that empowers you. Yeah. That's what love does. Yeah. yeah. And so I think about like what we're talking about doing at Chapwood and you guys speaking into this and thinking we, we want to create communities that, that reflect exactly what you're talking about. That's what the church has always been and always should be. And I think what we've done is over the last, I guess in the 20th century, you know, once the church got established in the United States, it became very institutionalized. So we build the buildings on the corner, you know, had to maintain everything, you had to be prim and proper to come in, sit down, you know, and it lost its edge of what the church. Absolutely. That's why I think the way the culture, everybody laments how, churches losing influence and all that. I think the church is better when it, when it operates at the periphery, the when it's operating in the margins, yeah. when, when what you're seeing now in our culture, and we've talked about this before is when the church sort of finds its place in the center of the culture, you know, uh, accommodating the political leaders and the cultural leaders and trying to be at the table of the power. That's when we don't do well. That's when we lose mm. our influence. And that's why a lot of people, a lot of young people and other folks like, I don't have anything to do with church, yeah. you know? I mean, look what they're supporting. Look what they're doing. They don't speak out, of, you know, whatever. They're not for justice. They're not for equality. They're not for these things. It's like Christians are the worst people on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> some of them. It's not all of them, but <laughs> some of them. I mean, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like, so I, hey, so it's just, I, that, anyway, I think that's what the church needs to be is say, hey, we're getting pushed back out into the margins and everybody laments it. I actually think it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
I love, man, I tell you what, um, I woke up one day and I was the adult in the room and that scared me. Like if there's a fire, like people are going to look to me like, what do we do? And I'm like, wait, calm down. Like, I don't know what to do either. You <laughs> know, right now, <laughs> like, <laughs> first step is we're like, everybody just calm down, like, <laughs> stop, yeah, drop stuff. and roll. Yeah, like, <laughs> but like, I think that's how me and my friends are seeing this thing now. Like now, like the guys that we grew up with, we're the adults, like we're the, we're the taxpayers, like. You know, I, I just bought a house like, you know, like, what, yeah, do, you do, with, that what do you do with your hands? You know, like, uh, <laughs> but I think the cool thing now is that now we get to say, right, like we get to say the things that we want when you're younger and your parents drag you to these places that you don't want to go to because you can't connect with it in any kind of way. I think now we have the power simply because we're like, well, I'll tell you what I want from your place. Yeah. You know, because I want to feel like the inclusivity. I want to feel the love, the same love that I got from Have a Coral, from the arts and dance. Why can't I get that from faith? Yeah. You know, because if anybody should give that to me, it should be God, <laughs> you know, because I think he's been such a big part of our life because he's always kept us safe in the craziest places that we've traveled. We've always been safe. We've always made it back, you know, and I think. I think now that we're the adults, you know, now that we're, we have families and, and we want to give them that positive experience, you know, I think we should say something like, hey, it would be great if we did it like this. Yeah. And that's what I love about you, Marlon, is like, mm. you know this place. I mean, when, if you drive in this neighborhood and you come to this church, you're like, this is a rich neighborhood, yeah. bunch of white folks in a big church, whatever. But you, you've come in, you've got to know, you know what the heart of this place is. Yeah. And you're like, I love the heart of this place and what this place is about. Yeah. And But this place is also the kind of place that says, Marlon, we need people like you to help now, yeah. you know, plant the seeds for other folks. We're going to give you the keys to the car, yeah. or at least with a team of people. And I think that that's the way all churches should be or all communities should be. Yeah. Because like I said, I mean, if it's going to be yep. the, the same group that's been sitting in the room forever <laughs> trying to go, hey, we need to do something new. Let's start this because yeah. we saw it on TV one day. It works well. Yeah. It's like you said, you know, uh, if we're really going to speak to, if we're going to speak diff the language of the folks that are, you know, that we're trying to reach, yeah. we're going to have to think differently, operate yeah. differently, and have new people at the table. My yeah, wife sure. loves this place uh, from the beginning. Mm. Uh, we came... It was first of all she's been on me for years to be like hey you got to find us a church so get on it you know and so when we came to Chapelwood uh we're like well let's come let's come to a service and after the service she was like all right we're coming here yeah. and I'm like well let's we can talk about it. she goes no we're coming <laughs> <laughs> this is our church you know and so my job in my head because I'm, I'm always so community driven I'm like all right well then if I'm coming here I'm making sure my friends are coming here you know, because we got to make this place a comfortable spot for me, too. Mm -hmm. You know, and my, my wife is white. She's from Louisiana. She came from a very stable home background. And, you know, she waves at everyone and says hi. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think her introducing me to that world, it's, it's been so good for me. Right. Because mm -hmm. I've been able to trust more people that are outside my circle and Sometimes people are nice just to be nice and, and they're nice people, you know, and you got to give them a chance, you know. And so when I came here, I was like, man, this place is great. 
Yeah. How do I get my friends here? You know, and that's a conversation that I had with Matt. I'm like, I love it. It's great. We need to get my friends here because, you know, we need to jazz up this place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that's Amen. the cool. That's the cool part. That's the cool part about it is just that it's just it's a chance to give my friends who are all fathers, right? Who all yes. have families, who all have kids. We all have kids now, all of us, you know, a chance for us now to be friends at a different level as fathers, as men that we grew up, you know, as positive leaders and things like that. But also it gives us a chance to experience this other part of life, which is that like spiritual life, mm-hmm. you know? And I think we've always had it, but we never, I, I guess it was just, it was never in front of us. And that was never like the main objective. Mm. It went from let's just survive together. Yeah. But now we're at a situation, now we're at a part in our life where we can do whatever we want. Yeah. You know, let's, let's, let's go to church together, you know. <laughs> to, touch, yeah. uh, to touch on, I mean, to touch on, maybe I did. No, I'm fine. Um, to touch on uh, what you said earlier, it's like. Um, I feel like we're special, not just like us, but just in general, like people that know what you carry and what you bring to the mm-hmm. table. And when someone asks you to come and be a part of something, I know for me personally, um, because I know I know my value and I know who I am. And I'll and I'll ask myself, like, OK, cool. Is this like taking from me or or is this going to like fill me up or am I, am I, I going to feel valued because I know what I hold in this space? And and that's a different that's a different feel and a different conversation because of course like you get invitations all the time come here come here come 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 here but at the same time it's like yo like to be honest with you and this is not an arrogant thing sometimes I like yo like I've outgrown this room like five years ago yeah and yeah. like mm. now it's that's now right. it's work now I'm drained when I yeah. leave here because mm. you have all these people coming in it's like they want to they want to leech onto you because of your value and and the, the older I've gotten and the, I, I guess the more I advanced in my career. I started to understand why now certain groups only hang with certain groups um, just because of like they know what they carry and they know if it's if I expose this to someone is not going to value it, it's going to drain it. Mm. And and I think about that when we go even like like you said, even like going to like going to church and different things like that. Like I go to my grandmother's church um, sometimes and. I'm literally like I go in, I sit, I'm quiet. Like I just I don't want to do anything extra just because I just feel like may I may or may not be accepted in the room because of what I carry. Um, mm-hmm. But out the gate, like I'm walking in already, like I'm already like an all ball on the wall. Like my hair is orange. Like I'm not in a suit. My, like I have a, I have like my clothes are like European fit. Like I'm just like it's just weird stuff. Like my pants are above my ankle. It's like but I'm not flooding. Like it's, it's intentional. This is why I, yeah, this is this is where I want to. This is this is me today. It might change next week, but it's like sometimes it's like I just don't feel. And it, and and that kind of I guess that will like kind of pull you away from the essence of like why are you there and yeah. and yeah. to get the full interaction of the relationship like it should be it should be like an intersection I mean not an intersection but it should be like um, a more lanes yeah. going and coming versus just like a one way road that's right um, and that's what I've always like that's what I'm starting to look for now is like that whole like uh, to like oncoming traffic and incoming traffic because mm-hmm. I want I want to flow because like. I know what I can give, but I also know what I do need at the same time. Right. Yeah. And and in order for me to stay in the space, I need to get something out of the space. Yeah. 
And then I feel like sometimes like I say it to the wrong people and it sounds selfish. But in, in theory, when you think about it, that's exactly what it is. That's what a relationship mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Like businesses only work together. They collaborate just because we're both going to do, we're both going to shake each other's hands. I'm getting something in return, yeah. vice versa. And, and yeah, that's, that's well, it's, why it's like, on. it's like breathing, you know, John Wesley, who was one of the, the guy that founded the, you know, the Methodist movement, yeah. he said, you know, we breathe in the grace of God and we exhale works, good works. And not that you're mm-hmm. saved by good works, but it's that it's a living, breathing exchange. Yeah. So you're breathing. Yeah. So when you're pouring out your gifts, you're adding something to something. But, you know, if that's all you do, it's like a it's like a well. You empty all the water out of it and there's no nothing yeah. you can get out yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, you got to you got to figure out how to either replenish, mm-hmm. charge your battery, if you use that term. I remember years ago, someone was saying, you know, the places where, um, you know, sometimes you have, just have to dig a deep, the well deeper. Nice. I think spiritually, the well's got to be dug deep because the water table's lower, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's sometimes if all we're doing is giving, you're going to burn out. Yeah. Real quick. And you're going to feel like you're just being used. Yeah. Like, like you said, it's like everybody wants a piece of me, but where... I don't think it's selfish at all. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a very real living condom. If you're a living organism, you have to eat, right? Yeah. I was going to say you take in and you take out, but I let's go in a different direction. So <laughs> Matt, you. what do you have to say? <laughs> no, but that's but that's just that's a natural way of things. And that's I think right. spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, that's one of the reasons why so many people now in this pandemic are struggling mental mental health issues, psychological, emotional. Because, dude, this everything is just taken, taken, taken out of them, mm. and they've lost all of the resources and the connections with, like you said, the community. Yeah. I mean, think about it. if community is so important for you, yeah. you don't have access to that community, yeah. or it's now limited to a fuzzy, pixelated Zoom screen, yeah. right? And that's all you. Get. That's not the same thing. No. It's not. You it's, know, it's not. No. It's not going to feed you the way when you're sitting in a room with your friends and you're eating together and drinking together and and slapping each other on the back it's like that's that's kind of been gone for some experience yeah Yeah. and it's it's, i think it's it's also a way to strengthen you to be able to be on your own also Mm. one of the craziest story that i have about chris we did a tour of india (laughs) and we literally toured india like where where where's like we know india we feel really comfortable with india (laughs) and we're at the airport and this is a great story. We're coming to Houston, and Chris is like, "All right, guys, I'll see y'all later." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, um, "I'm gonna go to Bangkok. I'm just gonna go see what's up in Bangkok." Yeah, I moved to Bangkok <laughs> for like <laughs> for, a, he, for, a for a minute, a for a year. I didn't know no one there. So I was like, "A year?" And he created a dance a studio there. Wait, so you just you. went to Bangkok for a year? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know anyone there. I just hopped on because I told him I was I'm moving to Bangkok. No one believed me the whole trip. I thought you were messing. Yeah, like they thought I was messing. I was like, okay, cool. I guess the last day they'll find out. Like their terminal was that way, mine was that way. They were like, are you like when are you coming back? I'm like, I I don't know. We'll see. But the coolest thing about this is that he uh, went and he created a life there. Yeah. He got like a studio. Yeah, he, he started a whole dance studio like, there. Yo, Crazy. like, let's go visit Chris. What was that old song? One night in Bangkok? And that was one year in Bangkok. Yeah, right? But like, I, I think it's crazy because how many of us are that strong to be able to, yeah. to do something yeah. like that? But I, I see church the same way, man. I, I see spirituality the same way. 
like you gotta make me strong yeah. you know strong enough to one be by myself but strong enough to be with other people yeah right and to not fear other people and i think that's the that's the thing that 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 hip-hop yes. and that brotherhood gave us was that strength to do things on our own mm -hmm. and i think that's what i need from church right like that's what i need i need a brotherhood i need a sisterhood i need i need a community but i also when i'm by myself i need to be strong enough to be by myself mm. right and my faith has got me my spirituality has got me and i think a lot of people when it's on their own when they're doing like that's why you see them doing some crazy stuff and you're like man i just saw you at church man why are you doing that because when they're on their own it's just they're not strong enough to to be on their own yeah. mm -hmm. and they need that constant guilt mm. right or that constant reminder of like hey what would jesus do you know <laughs> i shouldn't need a bracelet to tell me I like hey mine. don't <laughs> right, from, my daughter gave it to me nice. but, but <laughs> it's, i thought we were uh, about to go deep i was like oh, no. oh but it's it's what would jesus do but it's hwlf he would love first Ooh. <laughs> see see so i got nice. i got mine's extra Nice. No, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> but that's what it is. I, I think it's really about I want to be strong enough in every aspect of life, not only when I'm with my community, not only when I'm with my brothers or my church or my family. I want to I want to be strong enough all the time, yeah. you know, and I think that's what this brotherhood did. And I bring out the story with Chris because, man, that was so crazy to me. And on a 20-hour flight back from India, I was like, why did he leave? Did he hate us? You know what I mean? Like, it's just but you know what I hear in the story, same thing Chris was saying a minute ago. It's like he that, that, that community you had for those three months or how, how yeah. long y'all were in India yeah. pouring into each other, He's full now at this point. Yeah, he's ready. I mean, he knew he was going to Bangkok, yeah. but he's ready to walk down the terminal and go because he's yeah. filled up. Now he's ready to go. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I hear it. It's like, yeah. but that's how that's how I see it. It's and you like, were just grieving. He's like, he's going I to was, Bangkok. I was because it was like, I'm like, walking with a big it. smile on my face. I'm out of here. Yeah, like he was uh, like, <laughs> but we're over here, like, just like, why is Chris leaving us? But yeah. I think that's what it is. I think when there's people that say, "I love you," like you feel the love. And then there's people that, like, they say, I love you, and it doesn't feel well, right. Well, and you guys created a, a relationship that you could push off of, almost like yeah. a yeah. Um, something you could push off of and, and create momentum in a different direction, you know? And so those friendships, like your love for each other, your community, <laughs> you're spending time with each other, you're doing things that create a value in the world and value personally, then when it was time to go your own way, you had something to push off of. You exactly. weren't you weren't dependent. It wasn't like codependency. Yeah. No. One of the things I've... Um, I've been watching you guys for a long time, um, both have a quarrel and both you individually, both as artists and you, I have much more of a Marlon, a much more front row seat to, but one of the things I find really amazing in terms of y'all spirituality is that it's, um, it's unbounded. And, and what I mean by that is that you don't have a place in your life called your Christian life, and it occupies that. Oh, no. Oh, no. Right? Yeah. And that, it, that all of then your Christian life fits inside the you know, circumference of a dime. Yeah. You have this thing called your life, and it's all spiritual. Yeah. Um, and so when you come to a church that says, actually, we need to reteach you this, you've got to shove all of that into the circumference of a dime. Yeah. You guys go, uh-uh. I can't put on um, uh, a shirt that's 12 sizes too small. Like you said, I've outgrown the room. 
Yeah. And many times what the church hasn't done is has not been willing to grow to the size of who would Jesus love. Yeah. Yeah. John's, John's bracelet, yeah. right? So we've already determined that. What you believe, you tell me what you believe, I'll tell you if you belong, yeah. right? Yeah. And you guys have understood that belonging is created outside of yeah. all of that, yeah. right? And so I think now we have the church is in a place of being super, curious super um, understanding that God operates in boundless ways and I think y'all have much more to teach us going forward than um, than we could have ever imagined yeah so um, for like a small perspective uh, I'm the only child so uh, I'm the only child and the oldest grandchild so for a minute I was like the only like child in the family for a long time and um, and my mom was also not as open. Like, you look at me like, man, you had a good time, like, growing up as far as, like, being social and going out. Uh, my mom was like, nah, like, she didn't in, she didn't approve of, like, no outings or anything like that. So I had to get creative on, like, going to parties and doing things like that. So I kind of just, it kind of just grew on me growing up as just, like, being independent. And then, uh, of course, that was, a, that was a spurt of where, like, I was just, like, I didn't have... Um, um, I was just like, I won't say wild, but I was just exploring, like, I was just exploring, I was just whatever. And then I had a, I, I, I grasped a relationship with God. And mm. from there, I learned the, like, I re-educated myself. I was re-educated on what Christianity is, what, what, uh, who is Jesus, who is God, uh, what is religion, what is not religion, uh-huh. and all those things. And through that learning and that teaching, um, gave me the freedom and the confidence to be me fully, yes. um, but not the experience. So, um, so like even, even through, through, even through meeting Havikoro, all those moments, like I never was like these guys, but I wasn't the weakest one in the room. That makes any sense. Yeah. Like that was, that wasn't like a hindrance for me because right. you know, you put some people in the room that's not like everyone else and they feel like they feel indifferent less than than exactly and I never felt that way just because like I always like I I felt like I had all these things and this is who God made me and this is these are my abilities I I learned quick what I can and can't do and then from that I built off of what I can do and just knew like yo I can't do that and I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to look like an idiot so um even so through through all those experiences um became like an artist's life so now and there's a point of life where it's like, okay, cool. Like, what does art look like as a Christian or as a as a believer? Because of course, you, when, when people when you when you tell the older generation like, like, hey, mom, I'm dating an artist. Like, the first thing they go into their head is like drugs, sex, alcohol, yeah. out all night, all et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How they paying bills? Exactly. Like, all, <laughs> like you're just like the scum of earth. Like, you just like you just the you just what else do they do? The menace of society, exactly. <laughs> um, but but. It was like that's and of course, like we've come across that. We've seen that. And, and for me, it was like, yo, like it's I love going out. Like I'm going to be straight up. I, I love I love going to clubs. I love going to bars. I love the conversations. I love the music. And I'm a dancer. I'm a social dancer. So like you can scold me all day about this and you shouldn't be in those spaces. You shouldn't do this. Oh, I got a great story. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. But I'm like, OK, cool. That's great and all. But like, I'm, I'm me. This is this is what I do. I went on a mission trip to man to L- London, my first time overseas, a London mission trip. Um, I don't remember the church. Um, 
so they they sent like they sent it was Trey Nine and me Trey Nine and another dancer or whatever. They sent us to London like a no. They sent us to England. It's like Rotherham, England, like forty five minutes outside of London. So um, connected with the youth, connected with everyone. And one of the guys and I went there just to teach dance. And one of the guys I was I became really cool with. He was like, Hey man, there's a club here like down the street. Like, do you want to go? I'm like, Of course, yes, let's go. So. Go to the club, like we're out dancing, hanging, having a good time. Like we're not drinking, we're not doing nothing. Like we're just dancing. Um, the very next day, the church found out they had a sit down with me about how, like, how how wrong that was, <laughs> and all these things. Like one of the youth pastors, I was performing, and like my jacket came up. He was like, "Yeah, man, you seen your underwear?" And like I was like, "Dude, that's my undershirt." Like it was like I was I was judged so much based off of just my lifestyle coming from like the church. And I was like, wow, like this is crazy. But it, it didn't affect me in no way because I'm still going to be me regardless. Um, mm. But I was just thinking like, I'm like, wow, that's that's so crazy because like while you're telling me about what I can't do and scolding me for who I am, like the question back to you is, do you really know who you are? <laughs> or do you just know the rules of the of this subculture that you're a part of, mm-hmm. that you're that you're trying to like apply on me? But it seems like in, in the midst of this room, I should be talking to you all about what you should and shouldn't do versus you talking to me because I feel like I have the ultimate freedom right now. Yeah. Y'all have a lot of laws and 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 like you look miserable. Mm. That sounds like half the parables that uh, or stories in the in the gospel when Jesus. It's is the entire kind of, New Testament. I mean, you know, it, yeah. the sad thing is that <laughs> churches. Um, What's the, the, the term we used in seminary or they learned was like reification. It's where you take grace. You take something that has no substance and you, you give it substance so you can control it and dole it out like grace, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I control the grace and I determine, well, the way you're dressed, Chris, uh, you don't get any grace today. Maybe, no, you, yeah, you. Yeah. And it's like, that's not the way grace works. That's yeah. like, uh, that's just totally not the scriptures and i think people think it has a lot to do with their personalities and the world they live in some people read the bible and they read it through the lens it's very judgmental legalism they see god as a big cosmic judge sitting on the throne waiting for you to get out of line and getting you know come down hard on you yeah and then you know i read it through and i i don't want to say that other people are wrong but they are it's just that you know jesus is the word made flesh that's Mm -hmm. what the bible says so when you say the word of God, the Bible's never really f- referred to as the word of God. Jesus is the word mm. made flesh. Mm-hmm. So when you want to know who God is, what God looks like, what God thinks, how God acts, how God loves you, look at the life of Jesus. Yeah. And then all the scripture has to be read yeah. through, through the lens of the life of Jesus instead of isolated on its own. Yeah. You know, And that's what a lot of Christians, I think we've gotten wrong along all along the way, is it's like, you know, Howard Thurman, we are talking about, you know, the, the, I'll find the quote in a minute, but it's like, you know, the, the, the greatest place of our freedom is when we find our way into another's heart yes. and when we allow others into our heart Ooh. and he calls it, he said, that's a swinging door. We yeah. need to, our hearts need to be a swinging door. Yeah. I think that's where iconoclast came from, you know, to be Absolutely. honest with you. Yeah. Uh, when I met Matt and, and he was like, let's do this. And he was like, now. I'm working with the church. Are you okay with that? And in my mind, I'm like, why shouldn't I be? You know, I'm doing good work. There's nothing that I do outside this church that doesn't, that is not good work. I work with young people that need a voice, you know, that need support, that, that need to be able to tell their story, that need to be able to express themselves, that need to be able to give an, be given a space that 
they would never be given outside of us. And so when I think something that he said that might have intimidated a lot of people that would have been like, well, how churchy is it going to be, though? To me, it it wasn't because there's nothing that I should be ashamed about my work. And there's nothing that I'm doing outside this church in the classrooms that I'm not proud of. And I will present my work in front of anybody, including a church, because I'm doing good work. That's right. And we're doing good work. And, and, and that's the thing is, is that at the end of the day, I was given a talent and mm-hmm. I was given the ability to connect. And I have accountability to my, my communities yeah. and me 15-year-old me waiting for someone to come through the door and allowing me to write a poem. Because before then, all they were talking about was survival and playing your role. And maybe one day you can go to college and get a good job. That's as far as we got. Those were the talks. Those were the talks. Guys, maybe one day you'll have a house. Like, why can't I be an astronaut? You know, and, and and I think for me to be able to go into a classroom and allow these students to dream and allow these students to create during the school day in the middle of a neighborhood mm-hmm. that is not letting them dream, that doesn't allow poetry and art and things like that, I think for us, that is humongous. And so that's why I was never intimidated by working with a church when it comes to iconoclast work, because... We're doing good work. See, I think that's the limitation. I, I, I think it's so sad that the limitation has come when we talk about church. It's such a loaded word. Yeah. What you do in the classroom is absolutely is faith. It is. I, I it, agree. It, you know, we talk about church. It's like all summer. It's like when's the church going to open? What, you know, why is why is the church still closed? It's like church not closed. The what do you think? It's you. You think yeah. just us sitting in Sunday morning in, in a worship service? That's, that's church. only church. We you know out at the food pantry at Fairbanks, we're up to like. We're getting close to 200,000 people that have been fed with the Houston Food yeah. Bank and resourcing families and helping with rent relief. I'm like, that's that's the church. Yeah. So it's like the yeah. mindset, we got to change the language. We got to help people yeah. change language. But it's the church's fault because we've done these exact same things. Mm. And, and it, the church is in the, the club. Yeah. Supposed to be. Yeah. Jesus was here. He's not coming sitting in here. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's going to go out into the byways and the highways and the community where people are that he said, I didn't come to help the people who are well. I came to help the people who were sick, yeah. you know, who were broken, who are in the margins. If Jesus is here. He's not coming, sitting in a pew on Sunday morning. I wonder too, if we have a crisis of imagination when it comes to this. And this is why I think <laughs> it's the artists that um, are going to lead the way out of, uh, of this crisis, because often what the church sees is only what it's been given. This is what youth group looks like. Right and so down. this is what youth work is, yeah. right? And then you meet artists that are doing um, amazing work outside of the church. And you realize, and when you and I met, I was like, you're deeply spiritual. You have more to teach us about um, you working with youth in our city than anybody I've met, right? Yeah. And so then the question is, can the church move outside of its boundedness and desire to control and desire to then brand and then to desire to then, you know, all of those kinds of things. Can we join um, what God is doing in the world to redeem, to love, to free, to resource? And that doesn't have boundaries, 
Yeah. That doesn't have an institution. Now, if institutions will come alongside and help resource that and give to that, that's that's the work of the church. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of work to do on every every angle. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that I teach my students is you can't be afraid of people. You know, which is ironic because then you have the educated people that are scared of people as well. You know, they Mm. stick to their size of towns. They stick to their safe areas. They stick to, but we do the same on the other side of the track. My kids, you put them in the worst neighborhood and they will navigate. They know how to navigate through gangs. They know how to, you put them at the Galleria with a, with a resume and a, and a job interview and they freak out, you know, and it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a comfort there's a comfort to oppression. There's a comfort to knowing what tomorrow is going to bring, even if I'm struggling. Like, even if I'm struggling, there's still a comfort to that, yeah. you know? And, and I think it's, it's on both ends of, like, uh, it's about opening minds and, and, and really, like, <laughs> what's the worst thing that can happen, you know, uh, of having a conversation with someone and starting that conversation. And I challenge my students all the time. I have this good morning challenge. You have to tell everyone, everyone, good morning. And then you write down the most interesting responses from those good mornings. And I had a student uh, write a, a, a good morning uh, a lesson that he did where his neighbor just has called the cops on him. Has just always, always, his neighbor just hates him. One day he's like, good morning. And she looked at him and, good morning. And then the next day, good morning. She was like, good morning. And then the next day, good morning. And she gave him sweet bread. And she was like, here you go for, for school. Mm-hmm. And now they talk all the time from a good morning, you know. And, I, and I see it. I think it's, it's on both ends. I think it's, it's, it's the people that, that are, it, it, fear is, is a comfort thing, mm-hmm. you know. And so is oppression. Yeah, It's a comfort thing. I know who I don't want to be around. I know what people I don't want around me. I know, you know. Yeah. We're human beings. We get very comfortable. Mm. So, um, what else? We've got a couple of videos we can show. Oh, can I show. love videos. Let's do it. Wait, is that Erica Badu? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we were supposed to show clips of celebrities. I have a ton of celebrities. <laughs> Clips. Are we name dropping now? I've got Are we some. Name? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so this is me in the studio with Erica by doing February. Where was this, Chris? In Dallas. Dallas? Yeah. This is her tour? Um, she, had a, she does a concert every year for her birthday in Dallas. And through Red Bull, uh, they, they hired me to dance with her. Are you still dancing with Corey at all? Yeah. It's a short clip, but yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, shout out to Marlon. He, he opened the door for me to be in a relationship with, uh, with uh, Red Bull. Okay. So through Red Bull, they, um, they hired me to, uh, to perform with Erica Badu. That was, the man, the best experience as an artist I've had. <laughs> what you got here? This we is the world famous Marlon Havacoro. We need to put this in the show notes. Let's go. This is a clip. This is a bunch of clips of Marlon. <laughs> I love this. I think my kids might be um, responsible for about three thousand of these views out of the eleven thousand nice. this year. 
Is this like a battle? Yeah. Uh-huh. No room for error, my man. <laughs> so all of these are like clips from all over the place. Is that an Iverson shirt you've got on? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. This is in Italy. Nice. I plan on taking that from you, by the way. Man, you know how much, <laughs> do you know how much Advil I'd have to take? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, the cool thing about all of these movements is that they're so original that, you know, in breaking is all about creating original movement in that has moment. never existed yeah. and showing everybody's like, yo, this is what I do. And it's very, it's, it's, so instead of fighting, you know, you battle, you know, and it's, it's about, it's just about being as spontaneous, as strong. So. Yeah, we just did uh, something with them here in yeah, Houston yeah. with Red Bull. Yeah. So. so when you do a battle, like you come out and then the other one comes out. Yeah. So it's about out. reacting to what's in front of you. And yeah. it's just basically a big, anything you can do, I can do better than you. You know, I still want to do. Uh, I would still would love to do a Thursday night. Oh, here! I, I tell you right. what, man. I invite everyone to m- challenge your body, man. I think for some reason, when people hit a certain age, they stop moving, and so your body stops moving. And so that's one thing that I love about breaking. It's yeah, you see all these competitions and battles, but sometimes it's just about moving. So mm. I, I still practice once a week, minimum, you know, we still dance, we still get down because <clears throat> if you, you competed this if year, you, oh yeah, we yeah. competed at battle of the year, which is the biggest breaking battle in, in the world. And all these different countries, over 40 countries go to compete in this. We took third place again. So we took third place. <laughs> 20 years ago in this exact same competition and the same people from our group went to compete this year 20 years 20 later. years later so i mean you're talking like i had a kid come up to me he's like yo I, can i have a picture with you i've been watching you since i was five years old and he was like 20 <laughs> and i'm like yo I'm, like, I'm feeling old man. <laughs> first of all you don't talk to me like that <laughs> uh, but i mean it's so beautiful you know when they come up and go yes sir <laughs> yes sir <laughs> yes sir no but it's so beautiful that that this yeah. this dance thing like it's allowed me to keep moving and so that's what i challenge people all the time whether it's yoga capoeira whether it's it's just move you gotta go move because once you stop using your body man your body stops use it or lose it yes that's sir it. that's it you gotta move I tell people I feel all the convicted time. now. CrossFit. CrossFit. Or buy, get a bike. Yeah. I think bike. I'm just going to start. I think I'm going to start. Go swimming. Low, yeah. Walking. Yeah. Walk. Start with a walk, walk John. Hey, I'm going to yeah. get up off this chair. <laughs> I'm going to get out of the chair. <laughs> this chair Here's right here. If you can take 10,000 steps a day, like that's the right. challenge. 10,000 steps. 10,000. Yeah. But it, I, I think it's such a... How many steps a, have I had today? Hold on, let me look. Oh, 275. Really? Yeah. <laughs> hey, what time I, is it? I think it's a, it's, a, it's a blessing, though. It's a blessing to be able to move and create. Yeah. And yeah. I think at a time where, you know, I, I think I told my mom one day I wanted to play baseball. And she was like, we can't afford that. Go outside. Do something mm-hmm. else. Yeah. And so when we found breaking, all you need is a floor. And that's it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's all you need. And so that's what we got. So, so um, real quick as we wrap up. So we are working on some new creative stuff as far as we're, we're calling it a, a new worship opportunity but it's a very creative different i mean starting online i mean 
you guys want to just real quick kind of what you're doing, what you're looking at. I mean, I know yeah. um, there's a lot of work and discussion and dialogue. We're at the beginning stages of all this. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to, um, we're really bringing in artists and folks that have been working in the community as different kind of forms of, of artists and folks that are engaging with other communities and bringing them in to teach and help and then also to shape what this new worship experience will be. It'll be highly visual. It'll be um, deeply kind of interactive. There's going to be great music throughout. We'll start really with it being online so that it'll be, um, we're going to use, um, if, if folks have been watching online, the poets, um, iconoclast poets, um, um, that we um, that we used in uh, the series this last month will be that'll be central to that, and uh, we'll be telling stories in different ways, using di- music in different ways. We're doing that online for a while until we kind of get through COVID, and then um, and be gathering around the city in different ways. We'll do some house parties. We'll also do just some house gatherings of just kind of some home worship stuff that we'll do as we build kind of a community and connection, and then we'll launch this. Um, when it's uh, when it's safe to launch, but we'll be able to um, offer it online before that. That's great. And I do want to say thank you to the people that have reached out to me from Chapelwood about mm. the poetry. I've been getting emails from people that have listened to it. Nice. And yeah, you know, I think as an artist, that's the way that I interpret things uh, into poetry. But man, I really appreciate just the the feedback that I've been getting from just mm. the most randomest people. Like yeah. you know, hey, you don't know me, but this line that you wrote or can you send me the lyrics to this poem like that's so beautiful so man. Beautiful that's so beautiful because you just when you think that you know i you know when this project came up and matt told me to do it i jumped on it quick because i i i feel that i'm on a spiritual journey myself you know mm-hmm. and so for me to combine arts and my spirituality and my journey i think to me that's the most important part it's just so. it's just a new space it's new land yeah and so it's like let's have some new people work in the land tilling the land planting some Mm -hmm. seeds and and new things are going to grow and that's what i think is really exciting yeah about all of this so be more to come soon more to come Breaking news. What to? I know we're the sound effects over here. I don't know what's going on right now. We like the sound. Follow me on Instagram, Young Chris. Why you in the urban way? Why you in G C H R I S H K? Or you can go to my website. It's it's the professional me. That's ChristopherThomas.org, and that's the the common way. C H R I S T O P H E R T H O M A S dot O R G. I do want to say that we are going to uh, create uh, an iconoclast sessions uh, that we want to base it out of Chapelwood. Super excited. If you've never been to an iconoclast sessions, it's Mm -hmm. two two poets uh, doing poetry, sharing stories and things like that. And it's, it's super awesome. Uh, I'm so excited to do the first one out of Chapelwood. That's awesome. I, I, I want to, the upper room is so awesome. Oh, yeah. That, 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 you fell in love with that room, dude. Yeah, that like, place is awesome. Hey, well, anyways, uh, yeah, I want to utilize that room. But I, what we want to do is we want to create a safe a safe place for people yeah. to come live, but also do a great way to, to do a live stream of it. Yeah. Um, and so excited. Uh, and I'm all, I'm just excited because it's 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 awesome. It's an awesome event. Uh, they get to see uh, poets and, and writers from all over Houston and Texas that are really doing some great, great work. Um, so that should be uh, in October or early November. Congratulations. I'm super, super That's excited good. about Invite it. Me. 
And I can't wait for you guys to see it. I can't. DJing. Yeah. Oh yeah, and young Chris will be DJing. It's always our uh, DJ. <laughs> but I I can't wait to to put it together to like where you know I, I can't wait for Chapelwood to see it. That's I'm awesome. I'm hype. I'm hype because it's 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 a great it's it's something cool. You know that's cool. Thanks. And every time we've done these, we usually have had a high school art class from a local high school that'll uh, be involved. I don't know if we'll be able to do that the first one in, in terms of the social distancing. Yeah. We've always employed other folks in the community to come and be a part of it. So yeah. it's just going to be it's going to be wonderful. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm and excited. That brings up please send me the information early. Um, I have a student uh, that graduated last year that got into poetry. Um, he was a, he's a dancer that that also he he told me to the side he's like yo man like come check out my poetry like I do this mm-hmm. so I think he's 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 gaining the confidence like he gained the confidence in dance so I definitely want to bring him to this so oh yeah, yeah let no me know. we're it, you know uh, for us is we want to show the power of the arts but also just the connectiveness of yeah, yeah. stories you know yeah, and yeah. I think it goes back to that like our grandparents telling us stories and our parents telling us stories. So I love that. I love connecting people in that way. So I'm super excited. Look out for it. It's coming soon. Well, thanks for being with us, guys. Yeah, thank hey, you, Thank guys. you for having thank you, me. Thank I'm John Stevens. Me. And I'm Matt Russell. I'm uh, Marlon Lizama. Uh, young Chris. And this is Pod Have Mercy. <laughs> That's a cool name. I didn't know. Me, 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 me.